0: All opinions expressed by the host or guests are their own and are not endorsed by either radio station KRLV Management or any of their advertisers. It's time for Heatwave Sports. Sit back and relax as you take a tour around the world of sports each and every Saturday and Sunday night. And now, your hosts for Heatwave Sports Tim Unglesby and Tom Barton.
1: And it's a wonderful Saturday night. Welcome on in Heatwave Sports, Fox Sports Radio, Las Vegas, 98.9 FM, thirteen forty AM. Tim Unglesby with you, along with wonderful producer Brian tonight, and of course my co-host, as always, from TomBartonsports.com, Tom Barton and, and Tommy. It's been um, it's been a little it's been a little bit because of either. We've had, we've had scheduling issues, we've had um, other things happen, we, you know, we've each had to take some time off for some personal stuff, but the, the crew is back at it again tonight and tomorrow night, so we we're here for a full weekend of, like I said, we're going to take, take you around the world of sports, and there's plenty going on, week nine of the NFL, of course, we're going to preview every game and, and get you ready for tomorrow morning, but a lot going on in sports as always, but this week seemed to be um, glorified by, by a couple things, and I know we want to touch on those briefly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Look, we, we've had a lot of sports going on. Obviously, this is the, the time of year, you know, whenever anybody asks me, what is the best time of year for sports? Uh, you know, there are moments, Tim, that are great, right? Super Bowl's a great moment. It's not a great time for sports, um, right. you know, and going to a, a live game is always great, you know, and and for me, March Madness is my favorite time because you go to the sports books, you got all, it's just absolute craziness. Uh, You know, me and you, we love opening day for Major League Baseball, obviously. There's a lot of times where you go, you know what, there's a lot of good time for sports, but this is the best time when you're talking about extended period because there were all four major sports playing with college football. College basketball is on the horizon, so you can start talking about that. This is the only time of year where you can talk about any single sport, right? And it's relevant. Today, if we wanted to do a show today, and we wanted to have a conversation about college basketball, college football, or any of the four big pro sports, it's relevant. It makes sense that we would have that conversation. So, yeah, I love this time of year.
1: And we do our best to <clears throat> put everything into a weekend's worth of, of, um, basically we have that window that we can fit everything we can into it. And tomorrow night, Tommy said it, we will give you our NCAA basketball preview as the season tips off next week. We're excited for that. Tommy's going to have a couple, but uh, look, Tom, you, you've given out future winners NCAA basketball every year for the past five years. I mean, it's crazy how good you get. And I think people should really be tuned into that because, uh, you know, not only do you hit consistently, but really the the uh, the information is what's key here because it's not. It's easy to say, well, I'm going to take the the, the odds-on favorite Gonzaga to win, and that's not the way we roll, right, Tom? We look for value when we're giving out our free winners.
0: You know, it's pretty funny because uh, you know I I was interviewed uh, a couple of times, and one time by our buddy Rob Mish, who put me in a book, and one of the questions that he had kind of asked me is, you know, what put me on the map? as a a sports handicapper and i said you know it's pretty funny because uh, my ivy league stuff with people within the know people inside the sports betting business they know me as an ivy league handicapper but what put me on the map was giving out uconn at 55 to 1 odds before the season to win it all right here and i only gave out one winner right i don't i i most sports i give out two and i give you you know one against one and i'll probably do that this year i give you you know the the two championship winners um that year i gave out one winner and it was 55 to one odds uconn that kind of put me on the map right after that tim since then i also gave out 28 to one odds villanova 22 to one odd villanova and then just two years ago, um, Virginia at 10 to 1 odds. Not the greatest of odds. But listen, that means preseason on the radio. I'm not a guy like like we know. There, there's a guy, David, <laughs> from Vegas, right? He gives out yes. about 12 yeah. or 13 future plays, right? This is what this moron does. He gives out about 12 or 13 future plays and then goes, oh, look at what I did. No, I give out two for every sport, right? To so who's going to be in the championship. And I've hit four of the last eight years or last nine years for the last nine years live on the air hit the outright winner now that's not including the the reality of going down and going okay wait a minute wait well i had unc going to the championship game oh you could have hedged there oh, i had this team going to the- gonzaga last year going to the championship game oh you could have hedged there so if you look at my track record it, it's just unbelievable college basketball Now. Can I do a little promotion here? Now, it's not about TomBartonSports.com. It's not about SGN Network. I'm doing something new here, Tim. And I, I, I'm i doing uh, my YouTube channel. I'm trying to build it up, trying to get into the new age, right? So I'm on my YouTube channel, I'm doing 15, 10 to 15 minute previews of each individual conference. Now, tomorrow we're going to get into it. But each individual conference, you guys can go check it out, please. Look, for anybody that doesn't understand how YouTube works, you have to subscribe to the channel. So you could watch the video and like it. That's great. But if you subscribe to my channel, it just helps out. It, it, all I'm asking you guys to do is just pre- press a little click. But you're going to get good information. I am pumped up about this year. Remember, March Madness, last time March Madness, and, and maybe I'm so pumped up because we're coming off such a great year. Last year, March Madness, I made a fortune <laughs> on Oral Roberts, man. Yeah, Oral Roberts, Syracuse, Rutgers. These are the teams I I just made an absolute fortune on, especially Oral Roberts, Moneyline, two games in a row. I was doing a dance. So I'm pumped up, man. I really am. And I look at this year and I'm going, man, I already see some value. So I'm pumped up to get into that. But, Tim, we can't talk about that tonight because we got baseball to still go over. We still got to talk Uh about UNLV getting off the schneid, right? We got UNLV. (laughs) And then, of course, the NFL is king.
1: I had a a listener ask me how long that you and I have been doing radio together. I told him, "Wow, it's been over ten years now." And he's like, "Wow, man, that's great. You guys, you guys sound um, the the chemistry." He basically said the chemistry was really good. And you know, you've been working at it. I go, "Yeah, you know, Tom's like seriously. He's like one of my best friends that I have really don't see. Honestly, if you if people were to say, how many times have you and Tim actually hung out? I, I would say Tom, it's it's like maybe." Ten, right? Maybe a little more than that, because of obviously we live on opposite coasts and uh, business is business. But from from the personal standpoint, you know, it's like I think you and I both understand where we're coming through from as men, as business owners, and, and just all around. You know, the the respect I have for the knowledge that you have, and from a professional standpoint, when you posted the first video on the Ivy League over on the YouTube channel, I said, Tom, these are really good, man. Are you going to do other conferences? And you're like, I don't know. You know, I was going to play around with it. Then you did the ACC. You you just got to keep going, Tommy, because all in all, friendship aside, I think they're great. They're informational. And really, you can gain interesting tidbits as you head into these early matchups in the season. Obviously, some of the things you're going to say may not apply come February, January, February. But early on, they do apply. Yeah, you know, it's funny because with, with the YouTube stuff, I used to just, I didn't know how YouTube worked,
0: right? So I used to, I mean, I knew how it worked, but I didn't know, uh, you know, what people were looking for. So I used to go to the casinos and I would give two minutes and say, guys, go to ToddMartinSports.com. I'm live from the casino. But I didn't get many looks. I didn't get anything. I said, ah, you know, I'm giving this up, (laughs) you know? And I would go to the games and I'm giving this up. You know, and I was, I, weirdly, I, I've been doing a little bit. And I'm like, you know, people want information. Maybe they missed the show. Maybe they, that they're a visual person. They want to kind of check it out. So I put them out, and thank you. Yeah, you were the first one. You said, man, these are really good. And then after that, I, I had people going, why aren't you doing these all the time? These are, these are great. And I'm like, all right, I guess people want more. <laughs> so, so we're going to do, I, I'm doing all of the major conferences, uh, all the Big Five, Big East, Mountain West, um, Ivy Leagues—you know—I'm trying to cover them all. Even though I do like some of the mid-majors this year, we'll get into that tomorrow. St. Bonnie's, watch out for them. Uh, uh, you know, Oral Roberts. Hey, they're going to be back. They got their man back, so yeah. Some of the mid-majors will be pretty good too. Can we call Gonzaga a mid-major anymore, Tim? I don't think
1: so. No, I don't think so either. But I mean, they're a mid-major
0: program. But I mean, even Houston—Houston's not a mid-major anymore, right? I mean, they're—they're they're a clear top twenty-five team.
1: Right, right. Well, tune in tomorrow night. We will give you our. Well, we'll do our NCAA basketball preview, including a special look at the UNLV Rebels for all the local fans listening into the show. Speaking of Tom, the UNLV football Rebels win their first game in the la- dating back to the last through fourteen games played. One and eight now after a thirty-one seventeen win at New Mexico, and the. Uh, the ugly monkey off the back for the Rebel fans.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I wish we had the audio of uh, before the year when I said, you know, Tim, I kind of want to say they don't win a game. <laughs> you know, I wanted to go out there, and if I was there for clicks and uh, what do you call it, you know what I mean, interactions and tweets, and if I was going for that in the radio space, I would have said zero games. But I said I think they can catch one along the way, maybe even two, but probably one along the way. And this was the game I said that they would win. I said, you know, I can see them having a, a miserable season and somehow or another coming out and beating New Mexico because New Mexico is just bad. Um, but let's let's also just give UNLV credit because it's not just that New Mexico is bad. Look, UNLV has things that are working. And their running game in Williams is absolutely fantastic. Look, everything plays off of him. We know that. And that's not a bad thing. It, it, it is what it is, right? If you have the lead, if you're playing close in the game, you can win games. Look at all the games that they've, that they've been close in. It's because they've controlled the clock, they've run the ball. They get taken advantage of late in the game when a team is just leaning on them and just being able to, to abuse them. Well, New Mexico doesn't have the talent to do that. New Mexico can't lean on anybody. New Mexico can't go out there and do what some of these other teams did. I thought it was going to be a close game. The line makers thought it was going to be a close game. Before the season, I thought it was going to be a close game. And New New Mexico just, you know, look, they're not as good as UNLV. And you can't say that about many teams in the country. UNLV is legitimately better. They went out there and they proved it. This is their, that one win. I don't want to hear UNLV fans like I've already started to see today. All right, well, you know, now now we got that off our backs. Now all of a sudden, here, here we go. Oh, now No, 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 I don't want to hear that. You got your one win maybe you catch another win here somewhere but it's still a bad season and it's a still disappointing season i hate to rain on your parade tonight but i'm already hearing people going well here we go if we could finish off and win two or three more no 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 no. it's still a one or even a two win season don't start making you know all of a sudden this this fixes everything it's new mexico guys
1: Yes, the Las Vegas fans, Tommy. I call them the Las Vegas fans. I don't even specify UNLV, Golden Knights, or Raiders. It's the Las Vegas fans already talking about a two-game winning streak with a matchup next week at home against Hawaii.
0: Yeah, right. And that—that's what I mean. You know, you're starting to talk. And if they do win that game, which look, they have a shot to win that game, right? Uh, I know? don't. I don't set that spread any more than you know Hawaii up by a couple. I, I mean, I think it's going to be a close. Battle and you look at that close battle. They could win that game. Tim, does it make you feel great? Are you happy that they won two games in a row and that's how their season's going to end with two wins? Is it encouraging going into next year? Well, UNLV brass is going to sell you that. The administration and the and the college is going to go. Oh, look, two in a row. We we gelled at the end of the year. I mean, they're going to sell you that. Are you buying it, Tim?
1: No, not at all, and and that's the, that's the thing. We won zero last year. We won one, one this year. You're already better, right? So uh, that's that's the way they sell it. The the Arroyo. I saw a tweet earlier tonight. The the Arroyo era began today. I was like, what what about the last fourteen games? Well, How does it begin today? You know, it, it's I guess it's just today's day and age. I, but I, I don't want to be that guy, right, Tom? Because look, congratulations, they got the win. They did it on the road. Uh, after a lot of tough losses this year, they, they finally got, they broke through, they, they shut out New Mexico in the second half. I didn't have a problem with anything the Rebels did except for one thing. They gave up 260 yards on the ground at, a, at a, a clip of over five yards per carry. That is still a glaring, glaring weakness. And it's something that, like you said, teams will exploit in the second half. New Mexico just didn't have the dogs to do it.
0: Yeah, well, it, it's the same problem. You know, it's the same problem that we see every year, and every year, right around recruiting time when nobody pays attention, I'm looking, and I'm going, hmm, small defensive lineman. Hmm, yeah, out of shape defensive lineman. Oh, okay. And you start to hear about the defensive lineman. Yeah, okay, well, well, did you see this guy? Did you see the receiver they brought in? Oh, did you see the, re-? well, that's good. What about the defensive line? Because they can't stop the run. They haven't been able to during uh, the last tenure, and they haven't been able to during this tenure, and it's still the same kind of situation you're in a mountain west now where it's a good conference for football tim right i mean look they had two two teams inside touch the top 25 to, uh, this year you look at air force they're not a bad team either i mean you have a couple of teams they're going to be able to run the ball it's a running conference it's a te- it's a conference where you've got to be really good up front it would be different if they were getting abused by air force tim uh, on the running game
1: right it's a little bit different. When you're getting abused by New Mexico From from the landscape Since we're already in college football Let's just quickly touch on it <clears throat> Georgia Al- Al- Georgia wins Convincing Alabama survived today Tom, but um, Michigan State A team that everybody Including our own friends Were high on the mighty horse After knocking off Michigan Moved to number three in the country Embarrassed at Purdue
0: Yeah, uh, look Purdue is that team that now they've won two weeks in a row, right? Purdue all of a sudden, and I love this. I love that all of a sudden everybody's all, all, all crazy about Purdue. Purdue knocks off Wisconsin. And Wisconsin, they, they want to dismantle the team, right? They got a yeah, two-point yeah. win against Wisconsin. All of a sudden, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Well, you lost to Purdue. Oh, they're absolutely awful. Well, you know what? You, you'll, or you'll look at this team. Or, I'm sorry, Iowa. when It was Iowa. Then the next week, you know what? They almost knocked off Wisconsin. They got a two-point loss to Wisconsin. They had an eight-point loss to Notre Dame. They had a one-point loss to Minnesota. This is a good team. It's a good team. Michigan State, to me, Tim, they were that paper dog, right? And this is why I was rooting for Michigan last week. I didn't put any money on it, but I was rooting for them. It had nothing to do with me being against Michigan State, but I thought that Michigan actually would put up a better fight. I knew that Michigan State wasn't going to finish the season undefeated. And you kind of just felt that after the big— emotional win where these morons in East Lansing are burning cars and, and doing all that stuff. You could feel that entire city was playing for one game, beat Michigan. Well, they had their letdown and now comes in a very good Purdue team. And that very good Purdue team, um, it, it when you're talking about very good, look, I'm not talking about top ten. I think Purdue has a really good team, and they're literally a bounce away in three games. They're a possession away in all of their losses, a one score away in all of their losses from being undefeated, and us having a completely different conversation. So I think they lost to a very good team. I think they lost to a very good team on the road, and they lost to a very good team on the road in a a clear letdown spot. I'm not going to jump on getting so down on Michigan State because I wasn't that high on Michigan State.
1: Tomorrow night, we're going to talk also about the Aaron Rodgers situation. But before we move on to a different sport, I did I did want to touch on just your take because, look, it happened early in the week. Obviously, we've heard nationally, locally, everybody's take on the situation. Tom, the whole Henry Ruggs Raiders debacle that happened on Monday. Yeah,
0: you know, it, it, it's funny how, you, how exactly how you put it is how I wanted to address this. Um, you said Henry Ruggs Raiders. Uh, This isn't a Raiders problem. You know, I mean, obviously, (laughs) it becomes one. But it it wasn't... There's nothing the Raiders could have done with this. You can't have a 53-man roster and somebody babysitting 53 men. You have to assume that when you hand over millions of dollars to someone, they're not going to be completely and absolutely moronic and and just as stupid as you could possibly be. Because there's not much that we could say more about that. This man was an absolute train wreck. I hope they throw the book at him. Forget about playing football again. I hope that he doesn't get out of jail ever again. The man was doing 156 on a road that, look, we all know, right? We've all driven on that road. I've driven on that road, and I don't even live there. I don't know how you can get up that high. I I, <laughs> I don't know how. And then you're doing it, drinking. You know, one of the things that we wrote in the text message, in, and it holds true. Look, you could go back to... You know, I'm I'm in my mid 40s. You go back to when I was, you know, 20 some odd years ago and I'm going, you know, have I ever gotten into a car with somebody that had a couple of drinks? Yeah, I'm sure I did. Yeah, I can't remember specific instances, but of course, I think we all have. Um, Did I have the wherewithal that you have today? Did I have the options that you have today? No, I didn't at all. I was I did a lot of hanging out in Manhattan never not once would i get into a car drunk uh when i'm in manhattan why because everything was available there's a million taxis around there's a million everything you have lyft nowadays you have everybody has uber on their phone it's not a matter of money for this guy what are you doing forget about that you're in vegas You, you there's there's cabs everywhere tim there's no excuse so not only is there no excuse for driving you know 150 miles per hour where he was not only is no excuse for getting into a car when you're drunk. Not only is there no excuse for, you know, doing the things that he did, there's also no excuse for even the idea of why he would enter the car. There's no excuse for this, man. There's no lightening this up. The one saving grace that I could say that good came out of this is Derek Carr looks (laughs) just amazing. I'm sorry, I know he caught a lot of flack. By him saying, you know what, this man needs love right now. You you know, Derek, he he walks the talk, man, right? He walks what he talks, and and that's what I expected from a leader. That's what I expected from a guy like Derek Carr. A lot of people get down on, you know, his Christian values and everything else. It's it's okay to make fun of that nowadays, you know? But when things like this happen, and you see a leader step up and make those kind of comments, knowing he's going to get some kind of criticism, I loved what I saw out of Derek Carr the only good thing to come from this from any of this i feel bad that we're not even saying the name of the victim we're only talking about him because somebody lost their life and somebody's family will be changed forever because of it in a horrible tragedy i have no absolutely no forgiveness for this man i have no uh nothing nice to say about him he is somebody i hope never plays football again i hope never gets out of jail again
1: and I haven't seen too many <clears throat> other than the, the typical idiots that try to just uh, be that person to, to try to take a side of, of Henry Ruggs because there's no side to it. And, Tom, I understand that mistakes happen, but when you have a mistake that's this, not of a this mistake. magnitude, yeah. right, it's uh, – no, nobody said it's premeditated, but it might as well have been because – the decision-making process, not only from him to his girlfriend to the people that he were with, to allow to allow him to, to get behind the, the wheel of a vehicle, and um, you and I, you know, we have the same stance on on these these uh, pieces of trash that that put their hands on women. You know, and these are just domestic abuse situations. He took the life of not only another human being, but an animal as well. And if you're an animal lover, um, like you are, Tommy, we we know the situation is like. Look, the, the way that the, the way that they died is he makes it even worse. So I'm with you. There's no forgiveness. Uh, he won't play football again. I hope he sits in the jail the rest of his life. And, and you know what? If that's considered, it was it's too harsh to think that way. I, I don't I don't know what to say, Tom. I don't know what to say other than the the crime dictates what the punishment should be. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I've always been the eye for the eye, you know.
0: And I hate to say, it, and this will rattle people, but if there was a death penalty, I'm all for it. Yeah, I, listen, yeah. I'm for the death penalty. I know you guys don't have that, you know, uh, in in Las Vegas, but I, I'd be all for it in a spot like this. This was a conscious decision. This was a, a conscious decision to get into your car. This was a conscious decision to have a loaded weapon in that car. This was a conscious decision to do the things that, that you did. I have just, there's not a shred of me that has any, I, Derek Carr's a better man than me. <laughs> you know, he just is. Because Derek Carr's going, you know, this man needs love right now. Yeah, he does. It's just not coming from from me. And it's easy. I didn't know him, obviously. Um, it's, so it's easy for me to say that. But I, it, on the, the grand scale of things, I am glad that there is nobody really that I saw in the media. Nobody's defending him. Nobody's uh, saying take it easy or light on him. I haven't seen anybody, at least, you know, with that stance. And, you know, I, I just hope that this doesn't affect the the family that we are talking about him constantly. The family of the the lost woman, without mentioning her and you know her life. I want to see her face. I want to know what she was about. I want to have that out there because she should be getting the recognition. We shouldn't be just looking at him.
1: And Tom the Raiders did the the right thing. They released him as soon as it happened. They're mov- you know they they spoke about it the next day and they're they're moving on from it, which is what they need to do.
0: Yeah, as far as
1: on the field, look, he's a massive loss. You know, in the in the locker room, I think it's. Um,
0: I said this when Gruden went down. I said it all depends on Derek Carr. You know, when when things go bad and you have domestic abuse or something like this, what would happen? The whole organization would. From I mean, ticket you know vendors to popcorn people to equipment managers to your star quarterback. What do they all do? Look to the head coach. Well, you don't have that head coach anymore. I'm sorry, you just don't. So who are they going to look to? Derek Carr. That's who you're looking to, and he has stepped up in numerous ways on the field and off the field. So here he goes; he's got to do it again. And and what I saw from him early on, he did. And you know, from a football perspective, and I know, look, talking about football after what we just talked about is a little rough, but from a football perspective, I think Derek Carr can keep this thing together.
1: Tim Unglesby, Tom Burton Heat Wave Sports, Saturday night, Brian, take us on through to our next, our first timeout. When we come back, we will talk. Major League Baseball will wrap the season up for you here and jump into Week Nine of the NFL, including Tommy's thoughts on the Raiders' mentality going into that game tomorrow there in New York, New Jersey against the Giants. All that and more after the timeout. is Heatwave Sports, Fox Sports Radio. Right? We are back, e Wave Sports, Fox Sports Radio. Tim Unglesby, Tom Barton on every Saturday and Sunday night at ten o'clock. And Tom, we're gonna jump over to Major League Baseball where the season wrapped up earlier this week with the Atlanta Braves claiming the twenty twenty-one Major League Baseball Championship just a, it's a great story right Tom when you looked at the struggles that they that team had to start the year you know when your ace basically goes down right at the beginning of the season and Mike Soroka you lose Ronald Acuña Jr during the season as well and your team barely at the 500 mark coming into the second half of the season to go on a run like they did uh, just a great job by by management and front office to get that team ready for the playoffs
0: yeah look uh, tim i took my my bow of NCAA basketball, take your bow, Tim. Don't don't be humble here. We're not we're not about being humble. Tim Unglesby beat Kansas to sixteen one, and our major league preview sixteen to one odds before the year. You absolutely nailed it, and you never wavered. You know it's funny because you know Tim was asking me, when do I hedge? When do I hedge? I said, you know I, I you know I, I gave you advice. I said, I, and you basically told me, I don't know if we're gonna hedge. <laughs> Right, I mean, you had faith in this team. Look, you know, they were 45 and, and 55 at one point after 100 games. They looked bad. They got dealt. People always talk about Acuna. What about Mike Soroka, who was supposed to be their number one, right? People forget completely about Mike Soroka, who was supposed to be their guy. What about Ozuna, that moron, right? What about Ozuna? People forget. They lost, they didn't only lose Acuna, they lost Ozuna to that offense, and they lost their number one ace, Mike Soroka. And oh, by the way, Charlie Morton in the World Series. Like, it was unbelievable yeah. how much this team overcame, and it, to me, it was, it was justice. It was justice after last year we got a, a false champion, Dodgers, you didn't win the championship last year. No, you didn't. Um, we got a false championship from the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, the Braves felt like, you know what? If it was a regular season, we probably would have would have been that team. They got dealt with a million knockdowns this year, snuck in, and wound up doing something that was just fantastic. It also was poetic justice that they knocked off the Houston Astros, who, you know, the cheating Houston Astros um, were, were just beaten. I mean, they were, they were not really in any of those games and they were beaten seven nothing at the end by the time you blinked your eye so that was poetic justice as well and tim a lot of people won't like this but it was poetic justice that major league baseball moronically stole the all-star game away from atlanta stole it away from all of those businesses and those small business owners and those people and ripped that money away but you know what? The Atlanta Braves said, we're going to make it back for you guys. And they wound up hosting a World Series that brought in more money than the All-Star Game. So just overall great, just just great synergy, great justice that the Atlanta Braves were kind of being attacked from all sides. And they wound up overcoming in every way. And if you believe in karma, man, you know, if you, I'm sure we've all seen the thing. They were 44 games out you know they, remember Hank Aaron died before the year. They were 44 games out and Hank Aaron's number was 44. Uh, when Acuña went down, it was 44, it was all everything was 44 and you could just kind of see and you go, I believe in karma. I believe in the karma that Hank Aaron had something to do with this. I believe in the karma that, you know, they got kind of shafted last year because the the Dodgers stole a fake championship. I believe in the karma that you lose your best players but you're still able to step up I believe in the karma that Freddie Freeman, one of the baseball's best ambassadors, finally got a ring. I believe in the karma that the Houston Astros deserve to lose. And I believe in the karma that the people, in that the morons that tried to steal the All-Star game and did steal the All-Star game from them got their just desserts. So I, I believe in it all. And good for you, Atlanta. I couldn't be happier at, with a team if it was anybody but the Yankees. <laughs>
1: In our time on this show, we've we've been able to just, you know, the knowledge we have following the prospects, following the farm systems, uh, the, the teams that are at the bottom of the barrel watching them build up, we've been able to highlight the Royals, even the, the cheating Astros, Tommy, we pegged ahead of time. We pegged the Braves ahead of time. They've all seen what fruition of building that farm system can do. And, and you're right about the Braves story. You want to do a 30-30 since uh, people have thrown out the outlandish idea of doing one on VGK's opening season, do a 30-30 on this team and all the, all the trouble that they've, they've they, you see, you said it, you re- basically went down the timeline of everything that's happened to this organization, including getting that revenge on the Dodgers from last year's NLCS when they blew a three, one lead, they, they kicked that to the curb and then they get in the, the finals. And for me, Tom, the, the, the whole thing about the hedge was that I had given up on them when, when they were declared for dead. I gave up on that bet. And slowly, as they started to progress through the second half, I was like, "Well, they're not winning division, but if they get in, right, it's a different story." Well, they they still end up winning the division, right, Tommy? And, and then they go ahead and get in the playoffs. And then I'm looking at the roster, I'm like, "Man, this pitching staff's band—it's like band-aids everywhere." Somehow, some way, they did it. And when they won the first game of the World Series, Tom, I said, "I'm all in at this point because they haven't let me down yet." So. It was just a sweet, it was a sweet story, and I'm glad we didn't need the extra game. I'm glad they got it done in six. I didn't, you know, not because it wasn't; it wouldn't be exciting. It was more like it shouldn't have to come down for that. I think Atlanta had earned the World Series by that point.
0: Yeah, they certainly had. And you know, the whole thing with Charlie Morton. Um, I don't want to ever hear any of you hockey fans ever again saying baseball players a week, right? I don't want to hear it ever again. (laughs) Jolly Morton going out there and still getting guys out on on a broken leg. Unbelievable performance. Um, Look, you know, Jorge Soler is a good story. I mean, this guy was, uh, you know, a great story for Atlanta. My question is now, and Tim, I, I always hate to do this right afterwards because we should be celebrating Atlanta and spending time, but we don't have that kind of time. We're only on twice a week, right? So my question is now, I mean, do they sign Freddie Freeman? What I look, everything that I'm hearing and and people I'm talking to and, uh, you know, people in the baseball know are going it's 50 50 because usually Atlanta gets things done right away. And they didn't do that with Freddie Freeman and they didn't get they didn't give him that right away. That's concerning. This team is the third best odds to win the championship again next year. I, I hate to talk about repeat champions because baseball hasn't had one in decades, right? We haven't had one. But man, you're adding Acuna back next year. You're adding a, a potentially adding Mike Soroka back next year. I, I don't think you can let Freddie Freeman go in the middle of this. But Tim, it's not a guarantee. And that's a sad state of affairs for Atlanta.
1: Oh, it's it's a huge thing. And I saw today they, they activated Acuna and Soroka off. Look, it's what you do business-wise, right? But it kind of foreshadows what what's coming up this season I, I guess the question would be and i know as we get into the winter tom we'll, we'll do a a free agent baseball you know we'll spend a good amount of time talking about because it it's an interesting class here. there's a lot of big names in it but when you look at freeman so he's coming off of a contract where he made what, what was it 135 million over eight years so he's right around at the end of it he's 20 22 million so i guess the question is is He's coming off a World Series win. He's coming off of uh, a decent season. Again, an MVP two years ago. What's the asking price for Freddie Freeman? That That's the question. If he made 22 in his last year, where are we going now? Well, look,
0: I mean, he's 32 years old. So that has, you know, something to, to do with what kind of asking price, um, you know, he can possibly get. Right. And, and you look at the contract and you, you wonder, OK, you know. $300 million for Manny Machado. He was, mm-hmm. he's young. Look, he's, he's three years younger, right? Or, or about two and a half years younger, okay? Um, Freddie Freeman's a much better much better player. He's a better leader. He means more to that team, right? But Manny Machado's kind of where I'm going. Look, I don't think he gets Bryce Harper or Fernando Tatis because what, what they really wanted was the length right i mean that's that's what you're talking about now i know manny machado got a 10-year deal but he got a 10-year deal you know two years ago um when he was what 27 years old so I, i understood that i think that freeman is in a position where he's gonna take less money and more years you look at him he's 32 years old he just turned 32 in september you go I don't want to ever put on another jersey. And they're saying to him, hey, you know what? <laughs> there might be a monument out there for you, right? We're going to retire your jersey. You're going to be the guy. He's got a championship. He's got an MVP. Tim, he can carry them into the next generation. And Atlanta has has some big guys that they've signed, right? But they did right by Acuna. Uh, Dan Zb. Sponson's going to have to get paid, and Riley's going to have to be paid. But you have some time for them, right? I mean, they're, they're still young guys. You have a couple of years. So I think... Think that he's going to go for the years more than the money, so it wouldn't shock me. Look, he's 32. Do you give Freddie Freeman a contract until he's 40? Because if you could give him a contract, and it's kind of like Manny Machado, right? We'll give you, we'll give you 275 for eight years. I think he takes it, but if he goes on in the open market, Tim, and you're talking about, you know. He, he's going to make, let's just say, $25 million a year with the Braves. Uh, he goes out into the open market. A team like the Yankees, a team like the Red Sox, one of these teams, well, they'll swoop in and they'll give him. yeah, sure, we'll give you a three-year deal until you're 35 years old, and we'll give you $40 million. I don't think Freddie Freeman's going to be about the money right now. I think he wants the length, and I think he's going to be asking, look, five years isn't going to get it done. If you give him five years, you've got to give him 30000000 million-plus. Six years isn't getting it done. I think you got to look at a seven- or an eight-year deal and just say you're going to be an Atlanta Brave for life. Yeah.
1: That, that's my train of thought. That's where I think – I actually do think this is going to happen, that he, he's one of the guys you just don't see changing uniform, right? We just saw a guy in Buster Posey retire as a giant. I think that happens with Freddie Freeman as well. He'll retire a Brave, Tom, and I think if it's the eight years to get it done, put him to his four, age 40 year. You know when you're when you're uh, looking at mathematics and, and down the line maybe it does, it's not the best for Atlanta to do that, but sometimes you have to eat the money to keep the fan base happy. And a guy like Freeman, I mean, come on, he unbelievable. He's st- in my opinion, these next three years up until his age 35, 36 season, I think it's just all positive things for Atlanta. Plus, he doesn't seem like a guy like you said that's going to chase money, especially when you look at the people that are available this offseason. You know, he's not going to be. I don't think he's in the, in the top five as far as uh, who's looking for what although many of those are shortstops it appears
0: well yeah and, and here's the thing to tell people you know, that Freddie Freeman might leave um, seems ridiculous right Tim oh no no way but I'm going to give you the scenario because this is unfortunately what the Braves don't want to hear but you know it well Tim you know it very well because you're an Angel fan this mm-hmm. is Albert Pujols or it could be Albert Pujols right was great with, with the Cardinals. He's going to be a Cardinal for life. He's one of the greatest players of all time. Here you go. And the Cardinals looked at it from a financial standpoint and said, we, we're not going to give you the years. And he said, ah, you know, I want the years. Well, we're not going to give you the years. We think you're going to break down at the end of your contract. And you turn around and you go, yeah, you know, they, they shouldn't have given him those years. And the Cardinals did the right move. It seemed un- just insane. There's no way that Albert Balls was not going to be a St. Louis Cardinal. Well, there's no way today that Freddie Freeman's going to wear another jersey, but we've seen it happen before. And we do know, especially with first basemen, as they get older. Look at the contracts, Tim. The two big contracts that come to mind right away are Albert Poulos and Miguel Cabrera. And both of those teams are wishing they got out of those contracts a lot earlier.
1: And, of course, with age comes injury. I mean, you have seen those two guys you just mentioned, injuries in the back half of their career. I still, I still think they do it. I think they, they keep the fan base happy and then have to decide at that point if it comes to it what they're going to do uh, later on in the contract. But for the next few years, I think it, it's a, it'd be a done deal. And I think he wants to stay there too, Tom.
0: Yeah, I, I do. I just, you know, I look at that team and how young it is and, and I can see them moving on.
1: Look, we got championship
0: with the guy. You know, um, we have to get younger. We have to pay Austin Riley soon. We have to pay Dan's response soon. It's just, when I hear 50-50, I always go, uh uh-oh. And and, and it's an uh uh-oh situation.
1: Any thoughts on the season as a whole? I thought it it was a good season, Tom. It was a a nice rebound from last year's uh, debacle of a shortened season. And I think with the first full season in the books after COVID, people back in the ballparks, uh, I think we got to – Got a good one out of it. I'm pretty happy with it.
0: It was great. And that's why I was saying at the end, look, it, it was karma. You know, every single thing that I see about the Atlanta Braves has, has a picture of Hank Aaron with it. You know what I mean? It, that's that's awesome. That's just fantastic. We got through with very minimal COVID issues. I mean, very minimal COVID issues. Uh, that that was a fantastic accomplishment for Major League Baseball. I mean, look, we, we now know, you know, that... The stadium has 60,000 people in it and no one's really getting sick. So it, it is what it is. Uh, but still to get through the way that they did, they handled it the right way. Uh, that's an accomplishment. We had an international superstar become born in Otani who took over the sports world. Even ESPN, who doesn't mention baseball ever, <laughs> right, actually had <laughs> to talk about Otani. Uh, we had Vlad Guerrero, a 21-year-old, chase a triple crown this is a is a, a tremendous tremendous baseball year and like you said you know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago and you said you know maybe it's because i missed it you know because i didn't consider last year a real year i have to say this is one of my favorite years ever and look my yankees were, were terrible this year i should be hating this year but it wasn't i i watched you know fernando tatis and his ascension i max scherzer going to the dodgers You know, Trey Turner had a fantastic. I I can just go on and on. I think we will look back at this year as being truly historic, Tim. Truly historic because of what Otani and Vlad did. Uh, But also, we now know uh, more than ever that the sport is in really good hands, right? I mean, these young guys are fantastic. And how about the ratings? Oh, by the way, you know... While all the other ratings are struggling. Nobody's watching the NBA, right? I mean, hockey's getting a little bit better, but not much. Major League Baseball crushed the ratings with a team that nobody liked in Houston in there. So baseball's in a really good spot. And I think with these young stars really emerging, we could sit here and have an hour-long show, Tim, who's the best young star? Who's the guy that you want under 25 years old? And we could have an hour long show because there's so much talent out there. And I love to see, I think baseball is in a really good way. And the karmic gods really came into play during the Atlanta series. You know that they, they earned it, you know, no, Houston, you're not getting a championship. Hey, this one's for Hank Aaron. And Hey, Kamish. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Manfred. Yeah. You're getting booed out of the building. Like Goodell's getting booed out of the building for what you tried to do to Atlanta. <laughs>
1: And just, Tom, you're, I, I mentioned his name. Just your thoughts. I know I know, you're a big Buster Posey guy. He retires after a Hall of Fame career. He retires with one team, the Giants. Uh, All-around good guy.
0: Tim, we used to have that conversation on the air, of me, you, and Ron Natty every year. And it was always, who's the best player in baseball? And year after year after year, I would always say, guys, i got to put Buster Posey in the top two or three. Every year. In the top two or three, because he was a catcher. And what he was doing as a catcher was unbelievable. I read a stat that every state, you took every single catcher, and every single catcher during the time of Buster, Buster Posey's career, and you put all of their averages together, they hit about 250 or something. The guy hit over 300. He is a sure-fire first-ballot Hall of Famer for me. He is the epitome of what a Hall of Famer is. We're going to talk about in five years. And you know how I say about the Hall of Fame. I don't want to have to think about it. If I have to, my Hall of Fame would have one third of the amount of people in, and Buster makes my Hall of Fame because it's not you're not thinking about. it. The guy was a leader. He was a winner. He was an elite offensive player in his position and elite defensive player in his position. He was every single thing that I think of when I think of a Hall of Famer. To me, he is absolutely a shoe in into the Hall of Fame, and that's what I. That's the best compliment I could give him. Is that I knew during his career he was a hall of famer that is a great compliment for somebody that let's be honest didn't last all that long yeah
1: he's a rookie of the year he's won the mvp gold glove winner silver slugger winner three-time world series champions on which which in itself that is crazy three-time world series champion but what's the biggest stat for me is he's a two-time comeback player of the year which means he was hurt significantly able to come back the following year and perform like an all-star again. The, the guy is just a, a world-class all the way around. He'll finish with a 300 batting average, Tom, 1,500 hits in his career. And like you said, for a catcher, that's not too shabby.
0: Tim, is he the best catcher you ever saw? We were, I was having this conversation because, you know, Molina's are up there. Obviously, Pudge is going to be up there. You know, I didn't, I didn't get to see Fisk. You know, obviously, uh, the tail end. He was with like the White Sox in the mid '80s. But I was seven, eight years old. I probably saw him, but I don't re- really remember it. Um, I-, I know Mike Piazza's got the offense. I'll take Buster Posey over all of them, Tim. I think he is the best catcher that I've ever saw.
1: I think I think he's the best catcher that I've ever seen as well. And, and you, you know, the names you just said. Look, for different reasons, you could you can make a claim. Obviously. Uh, Molina is, is got to be up there. But for whatever reason, Buster Posey possessed some type of an X-Factor, Tommy, I think when you saw it, it wasn't – you look at those three World Series teams and, and they don't – in my opinion, they don't win any of those without them there. You could, I don't know if you could say the same thing about the Molinas. Piazza, I don't think you could say the same thing about either. Uh, people like the Gary Carter, I, I think he was overrated. But, you know, I'm just throwing names that I can pop out on top of my head. I don't remember Fisk myself. So, yeah, I, I think – from what I've seen with my t- my own two eyes, he is absolutely number one with a bullet.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, again, that's the best compliment that you could say. You were the best at the position that I've ever seen. <laughs> okay. Um, you're a show fire Hall of Famer while you were playing. Before he came back this year and had a really good year, Tim, uh, a really good year. Before that, I still said, it doesn't matter. He's a Hall of Famer. So, you know, mm-hmm. coming back this year. Like you said, Comeback Player of the Year awards. He's got, he's got it all. There's nothing you could not say. And, you know, there has to be something said for ambassador to the sport as well. When, when we're talking about somebody.
1: And I think, I think, Tom, what he said in his press conference, the, the reasons why he was leaving, you know, basically, hey, he, he, look, he's 34, right? So by all means, he could play longer. He's in great shape. Uh, they could, even even with the toll of the, the physicality of that position, I'm sure he's in pain at his age. They could fr- try to find maybe put him at first if they wanted to extend it, but he doesn't need to anymore, right, Tom? He wants to spend time with his family. You got to admire a man for that, and he's done everything. What else can he prove out there? There's nothing for him left to be in the game other than to bring joy to the fans that watch him. And I think at a certain time, it's just the right time to leave. And why why not leave now on top, Tom? I know they didn't win it. He had a hell of a season though, and and they made a. a Look, they won the division and made a push in the playoffs. Perfect time. Step away. Do what you got to do. And I believe they're going to use him in some type of uh, front office role to where he's still around the organization. And I think that's perfect for him.
0: Yeah, it it absolutely is. Like I said, Ambassador, um, one of our listeners just uh, wrote us, uh, Joseph, who's a big, loyal listener, said before our time with Johnny Bench. Yeah, look, you know, I'm not saying he's all time, Mm -hmm. you know best, but it is the best that I saw. I I didn't get to see bench. Uh, One of the things that I always love to do when we start to hear about these strikeout numbers and Joey Gallo striking out a million times, myself and my buddy Pete always kind of send each other uh, Yogi Berra strikeout numbers. (laughs) <laughs> you know, Yogi <laughs> Berry had 500 at-bats and struck out 22 times. <laughs> you know, like, in a season, it, it's unbelievable. Yogi Berry, you know, ne- never struck out, uh, you know, more than like 60 times or 65 times. It was, it's unbelievable. So, you know, Yogi's up there. I know he won a couple MVPs. Campanella's up there, obviously. You go way back, Mickey Cockard. I don't think he's the best catcher of all time, uh, but he's the best catcher of our time. And, you know, we are fringe 1980s guys. I think I can confidently say that, you know, we are we are 90s guys. Um, yeah. Some guys that, you know, if, if if I'm saying that I'm watching baseball, you know, at seven, eight years old, I'm starting to watch baseball. But it's it's eight, nine, 10 when you start to get involved, you know, um, eight, nine, 10 is very late 80s and into the 90s. I'm going back. I'm thinking. And no, I don't know a better catch, which is it's kind of cool when you think about, you know, we watched Buster Posey. Um, who was the best catcher that I've ever seen. We watched Derek Jeter, the best shortstop that I've ever seen. Um, both of them and, and Marianne Rivera, the best closer I've ever seen. You can make a really good argument that not only the best that, that we've ever seen, it's the best going right now too, right? I mean, is there a shortstop that's going to do better than Jeter? Yeah, maybe eventually, but right now, no. It's still going on. Closer, I don't think we'll ever see anybody like Rivera. Catcher? Look, I'm putting him up there. Your guy Adelaide Rushman's coming up, but he hasn't ever had a major league got back. Catching position has fallen off greatly. We might be sitting back when he's nominated for the Hall of Fame in five years from now and say, Buster's still the best catcher, and there's nobody close. I mean, that's kind of cool when you start to break down the Hall of Famers or what they eventually will be.
1: Just statistically, and it's funny because whenever we pose the question, it's whatever is in the top of our head. And look, it's Posey for me. And it's, it's slightly over Pudge. And I'll just say it's because, look, if you want to throw – you can't really go statistically because Pudge played twice as long as Posey did. If right. Posey played 20 seasons like Pudge did, his numbers would be better based on if you're going by averages. But the three World Series is what pushed me over. And we always talk about uh, if you don't win, you're ultimately a loser. It doesn't matter if you're second place, right, Tom? You're not the champion. He won three titles in a – and like I said, if he wasn't on those teams, I don't think they win him. So that gives me the arrow there. And, and I don't know. I don't know if anybody will be better than him in our lifetime.
0: Well, Tim, you know, I don't think we'll ever see a catcher hit 336 and lead in the league like that. And I know, listen, Pudge hit like 347. I Pudge is there. He, he's right there, you know. But you said it, it's hard. He, he played literally twice as, as long. So where I could go, well, you know what? Buster Posey has a better batting average. Well, you, you know what? He played twice as long. And it's uh, It's very, very close between the two. You got the World Series as kind of the, the nudge over. I'm a guy that goes, yeah, you know, I just, when I think of dynasties in baseball, and I don't think San Francisco had a dynasty, but what did they have? They certainly had a string of, of pretty close to a dynasty, right? They had a, a lot of World Series there in the middle. Uh, he was the guy. You know, you're going to go back and you're going to look at those. You mentioned those San Francisco teams. It's Bumgarner and post right? That's it. That's who it was. And those were offensive teams that didn't have much after him. It wasn't like a stacked lineup and he just happened to be there. No, no, no. He was right in the middle of that. He was the guy. And just think about his MVPs for his career. You now, you take out year one, right? You take out the year that... He played because he opted out. You take out the year that he was injured. Okay. So he doesn't really have a lot of years here, Tim. MVP 11, 1, 9, 14. It'll tell you all that you need to know about him. When he was on the field, he was elite.
1: That's Tom Barton, Tim Unglesby, hour one in the books. When we come back, it's time. We're going to get you ready for tomorrow's NFL Action Week 9 preview on tap including, as I said earlier, what would with Raiders be tomorrow there in that game against the Giants on the East Coast? We'll talk about it as we open up Hour 2 after the break. It's Heat Sports, Fox Sports Radio, Las Vegas, 98.9 FM, 1340 AM.
0: Do you like yelling at technology? Listen anytime on your smart speaker. Just tell it to put on Fox Sports, Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. KKGK Las Vegas. The Heatwave Sports Show is owned and produced by Tim Unglesby. All opinions expressed by the host or guests are their own and are not endorsed by either radio station KRLV Management or any of their advertisers.
1: Time to get you ready for week nine of the National Football League. Heat wave Sports, our number two, Tim Unglesby, Tom Barton. And Tommy, we uh, are going to dive into this one as we have a, a interesting card coming up. So after tomorrow or after this week's games, we'll be officially at the halfway point. As we all know, there's 18 weeks in the NFL now. So halfway through an NFL season, that just kind of snuck up on us, didn't it?
0: Yeah, we, didn't we say that too? you know, before you know it, right, here's what's going to happen. Before you realize it, watch what's going to happen. And, yeah, here we are. Um, ah, It's early. Let's just say it's early, right? Because, look, Wilson got hurt, so you take him out of the equation, right? Trey Lance is is not playing full-time. You take him out of the equation. We've seen three games with Justin Fields. Two of them have been garbage. The last one was really good. So we have to see that. And then Trevor Lawrence... I, I think Bill Belichick would trade Mac Jones for Trevor Lawrence right now. <laughs> right? So, I mean, he's had, he's had his moments. I think it's still early. Mac Jones, we could say, I'll give you this, Tim. Mac Jones fits his system and fits that team as well as anybody could have possibly imagined. That, I will absolutely say. And if you want to say, you know, uh, at this point in the season, he's the best fit for his team. Oh, I I think without a question, Justin Fields is is completely mismatched with Nagy. You look at Urban Meyer has no idea what to do with Trevor Lawrence. Trey Lance is sitting on the bench with Shanahan. uh, You know, that overrated bum. I mean, come on. So these guys have all been mismanaged. He's being managed correctly. I just won't go out there and say he's better than everybody else.
1: (laughs) All right. Through, Through eight weeks, he's the top rookie quarterback right now. Can we say that? Yep. Nice wording. I like it. Okay. get One more. We'll get you get through one more, and we'll go to the timeout. Buffalo at Jacksonville. So here we go. What's the score of this one, Tom? The Bills, 14-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. You know,
0: Jacksonville, off of a bye week, went up against the league's 27th-worst defense and went up against Geno Smith and were humiliated on both sides of the ball.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, before the year, I told you, I had Jacksonville potentially make it a playoff. I, I, I bet Jacksonville team total over. And all I said was, man, I just hope Urban Meyer doesn't ruin it. Like, just just, just be there, right? Just just stand there and let the, this just absolutely talent-laden offense roll. I have watched these Jacksonville games. And I, man, it, it's ugly. Urban Meyer is totally out of his element he has no idea what he's doing on the sideline he has no clue what's going on in an nfl game the man doesn't serve to be on the sideline at all and i'm telling you if i'm con i'm firing him today i would have fired him three weeks ago he's lost out there forget about the scandals and you know grabbing girls butts and stuff listen he doesn't know how to coach the guy he doesn't know how to coach the nfl i let me let me just make sure that that's clear he clearly knows how to coach just not the nfl and he doesn't know what to do with Trevor Lawrence. James Robinson's crushing it. And then all of a sudden, yeah, we're just not going to run this guy anymore. We're Let's, let's get Carlos high. It looks like he needs to, a participation trophy. It just doesn't make any sense to me what's going on. So, Tim, I don't like to lay big money at all. But Buffalo, oh, if you've heard the conversations, they are steaming about the way they, they lost that game. Steaming about how... Josh Allen fell down. Josh Allen's taking this completely upon himself. He is just saying, you know what, it's my fault. I think Josh Allen has an MVP type of game tomorrow. I think Allen goes nuts, absolutely nuts tomorrow. To me, it's a game where they don't pull off the dogs. I think it's a stat-padding game for Josh Allen. Wouldn't surprise me to see him go, uh, you know, 350 yards, four touchdowns a running score and and rush for like 30, 40 yards. I mean, that's the kind of insane game I can see him having tomorrow. I never laid double digits and I won't here. but if I was ever going to do it, it would be in this
1: spot. I I can't see where Jacksonville is going to be able to score efficiently and, and score enough to beat Buffalo, Buffalo bills league leading Tom. They're giving up just 15 points a game right now. Yeah. Their defense is fantastic. There, but, you know, what's funny is that
0: they're spreading the ball around. Dalton Knox was the guy, and then Dalton Knox goes down, and Zach Moss has had a couple of good games. And then it's Sanders, then it's Beasley, uh, you know, and then it was Gabriel. And Stephon Diggs right now isn't even having a great year. He's having a solid year, but they don't even need him to have a great year. You, you start to look around and you start to go, there's going to be one of those, you know, Stephon Diggs breakout games, but you don't need it. That's the kind of thing that gets you where, look, I have Buffalo to win the Super Bowl, so I'm pretty happy. But you look over the course of the year and you go, when everything isn't clicking and you're still winning, can you still win when things don't click? Can you, you know, if you're Kansas City, can you still win when Travis Kelsey has an off day? Can you still win when Tyreek Hill has an off day? If you're you know, Kansas City, can you win when Mahomes has an off day? Well, can you win when Josh Allen has an off day? Yes. Can you win when? You know, the running backs aren't running. You can. Defense gives up a little too much. Don't worry. We'll get you. Well, oh, the offense isn't clicking today. Don't worry. We got the D. Buffalo, to me, is the best team in the league. And I, to me, they're the best team in the league, despite that Tennessee loss, which I think we all watched and we all know was a
1: fluky loss. Okay, I lied. We're going to do one more, then we'll take the timeout. Battle of Ohio, Cleveland at Cincinnati. Two and a half. The Bengals, Tommy, are the favorite. What's, what's what's going on here? The Bengals 5-3, and three, Browns 4-4. Four and four. Cleveland, this is not the team people expected at preseason time as they are 500 and barely hovering there. Baker Mayfield just, uh, I may, you know, a lot of it may be with the injury to, at the running back position, but he has not looked like Baker Mayfield.
0: No, this is pure injuries, though, and I'm not a Baker Mayfield apologist uh, by any stretch, but look, let's give the guy, you know, what, what it is. He's hurt himself. We know that. Now you can tell me it's not the non-throwing shoulder. I don't care. He's hurt. He's missing Jack Conklin. He's been missing offensive linemen. Odell Beckham's a distraction, and now he's gone. Jarvis Landry's been out most of the year. Nick Chubb's been out. Uh, been out. Um, now Kareem Hunt's out. For look, you're talking about. Not only is Baker Mayfield injured, he's. Been without or in parts without his number one, two, and three wide receivers, his number one and two running backs, his number one and two offensive linemen. It's just a mess out there for Cleveland. And it, look, they're not getting any better right now, right? Conklin's out. He's going to be out for the next three games. Beckham's gone. Who knows where? Jarvis Landry won't play in this game. Baker Mayfield's still dealing with a bad shoulder. Look, the Browns have scored 14, 17, and 10 points the last three weeks. Well, that's, that's why. Um, you look at the bangles i think the Bengals are overrated can i say that i mean geez all of a sudden everybody loved cincinnati and here we go cincinnati's the world beaters in every way shape and form joe mixon is pure potential that has never been that guy he's never shown to be that guy i like joe burrow but i don't like joe burrow when he's laying flat on his back and that's what happened the last time we saw joe burrow right the, the jets gave them fits and you turn around and you look at the defense They have some guys that are okay, but they're not an evolving defense where all of a sudden they're just going to be a top five unit. No, they're not stopping anybody. So I think the Bengals are a little overrated. I think people are selling on Cleveland a little bit too hard here. This is a game where I'm not taking Cleveland at all, but I certainly wouldn't be taking Cincy.
1: When we come back from the final timeout of the Saturday night special Here on Heat Wave Sports, of course, we're gonna finish up week nine of the NFL previewing those games. And we'll get you our free picks. Free picks as well, winning eleven and five so far this season as we head into week nine. It's Heat Wave Sports, Fox Sports Radio. Every week here on Heatwave Sports, and if we're not on the air, I always put them over on the Twitter handle at HW Sports. Tom, we are eleven and five on the season. Free picks. The Timmy Teaser is seven and one heading into week number
0: nine.
1: You are carrying
0: us, Tim. You're carrying <laughs> us. I, I I did it last year. I, I was having just a ridiculous run last year. Um, early on, I. I I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm 500. I'm 500. I, I can't get over the hump, man. You're carrying us.
1: It's, it's funny because they're like, Oh, well, you know, most people are like teasers are great. You Take seven off or six off the point spread. And, you know, you take a game that's a, a seven or eight, you take it down to basically a, a win. It's not that easy, right? Tom, we, we look every week at, at games that teams should win and they just don't, they don't, they don't win. Either they lose straight out or they just don't cover the, the number. So when you're when you're taking seven off of a favorite that's right around seven or eight you you're playing with fire sometimes because those games are set at that number for a reason
0: yeah absolutely i mean this is a uh a reason i don't like the teasers uh, you know they want you to like teasers they, they want you they want you to, to get in on them but like anything else i tell people all the time i say you know I've always been a guy that does future plays and prop plays, and I, for, for a decade plus, I've had professional handicappers tell me I'm crazy for betting futures. I'm crazy for betting prop plays. You know what though, Tim? Makes me money every single year. So you figured it out. However you're beating it, man, you're going out there. You figure it out. You figured out how to beat the uh, the teaser. So let's continue with the Timmy teasers. <laughs>
1: Now, now, Tom, I'm not shy in saying that I piggyback a lot of your plays. It's uh, you know, it's okay. You can ride the Timmy teaser if you want to. I'm okay with it, buddy.
0: All right, listen, I have been. Why not? I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take a <laughs> shot. Uh, any way to make money, you know, on my Twitter account uh, at Tom Barton Sports Guys. I could always use some uh, some people over there too. Uh, my Twitter account. What do I what do I write every every night? Uh, just about every night. Every night that the Edmonton Oilers play, I tell you, I'm mm-hmm. taking Connor McDavid to score a point every single night. <laughs> And and I'm bragging about it. Listen, I know I'm paying a hefty price. I'm paying, throwing, you know, $100 down to win what? 27 bucks, 30 bucks. But every night he's getting a point. And so, yep. you know, I don't care how it's done, man. Listen, I'll jump on favorites, underdogs, teasers. And I don't care. If you got something for me and it's a winning formula, I'm not going to shy away from it. I've always said this, Tim. I've said this for more than a decade now on the I don't need to be considered the smartest guy in the room. Just want to cash my tickets.
1: Yeah, that, that's it. It's all about making money. And I'll say this. I've been writing a lot of your player props, especially Jonathan Taylor. It's like they just have not smartened up to him. He did it again Thursday night. That guy's just been cashing tickets left and right.
0: Yeah, Taylor. <laughs> what an incredible night. You know, I have uh, – I, I try to do the safe thing. you know. And his over-under was set at 74. And then I went with a little alternate as well, and it was you know over 110, which was paying hey, a, a nice plus 160 on my site. I'm going, what are they thinking? This is this, this is the Jets. Are we are we nuts right now? Yeah, it, it's funny when you start to those player props pop up and you're going, are we kidding? You know, if you Raider fans tomorrow, look, I know he's still not 100, percent but there are sports books out here that you could get Darren Waller receptions three. Over under three. I I mean, you know, things like that. Look, you're going to pay a little bit of a premium for them. I I got, you know, with Devontae Parker at Mike Gusecki tomorrow, um, two and a half. Two and a half. You know, you have some crazy prop plays. Player prop plays are one thing that the sports books, they just haven't been able to get accurate figures on, which is great. I love it.
1: So there's no professional advice there's no you know sometimes out out here and when i say out here i'm talking vegas your Connor mcdavid prop plays it's not available we can't bet it here like that now without saying we can't go offshore technically because that's what we consider illegal right tom so how do we how do people in vegas play that prop? is it just something where we need to know somebody in another state and just have them do it for us is that the only way we can bet a prop like that
0: well yeah you know some of the the online um companies are the best place to do that now they're going to limit you that's why i'm saying you know mm-hmm. i'm a guy that on a regular game I, i'm not telling i'm not one of those guys that that's telling you i'm you know putting ten, fifteen thousand dollars on a game I, I, i'm putting you know 500 to a grand on every game a grand two grand on, on games i really like you know something like that um but on prop plays i'm, I'm usually limited to 100 or 200 bucks FanDuel does it <laughs> Uh, they're they're fantastic with it. DraftKings does it as well. Uh, MGM has started to do good prop plays. Bally Sports uh, was starting to do some good prop plays. But, yeah, if you don't have a way, you know, I'm not sitting here and telling you that the Offshores are still there. But I will say this, Tim. The Offshores will never go away because the Offshores do interesting props like that, right? So that's why the Offshores will never go away. The local books will never go away because people don't, yeah, people can play on uh, on good name, right? You don't have to actually have the cash in your hand to go make a thousand dollar bet. Um, that's why the, the local guys will never go away, but offshore's won't go away because people want all those options. If I were you, though, you know I would look. I usually they won't put them out early. You know, I um, I drive to New Jersey once or twice a week to make some bets. Um, And if I go on a Thursday, I usually go on a Thursday. They don't have player prop prop plays up there on a Thursday. They don't put them up until Saturday um, and sometimes even Sunday morning. The the added games. You know, uh, today I hit Drake. Drake has scored. Drake missed COVID last week because um, 80% of their team had COVID, so they had to forfeit the game. Before that, they had scored one touchdown in three games. You think I'm not going to go Drake in the under? Well, Drake in the under hit. I crushed Drake in the under today. Nobody else has it, but I had to wait. The game went off at 12, Tim. There was no line at 1030. So sometimes you just have to kind of find that sports book or that situation and just be patient. I I think that they do have it. Uh, You're just going to have to look around there in Vegas.
1: Well, just to clarify, because I don't want to be misunderstood. There are player props, yes, and they do come out Sunday mornings. But the, the amount of player props, so for instance, and um, we'll go back to the hockey because McDavid one's perfect. That that specific player prop that you win on every game he plays, you cannot bet that here. And the hockey props are few and far unless it's the Golden Knights playing. So my question would be, and I'm a dunce. If, if I, and I have found them, that
0: hockey props are the easiest thing to win.
1: I made a can, fortune last year on Marner. Remember, I did Marner.
0: Yep. I, I was going crazy on. They just, they just don't adjust. They didn't adjust to the hockey props.
1: Can someone like me, sitting here in Las Vegas, though, go to FanDuel or DraftKings and bet that prop, or is it? Am I not allowed to because of whatever the state? You know, I, I, that's the part that I'm not. I'm sure on. I haven't tried it. I'm just going to ask you. No, straight No, you, out you, you definitely you can.
0: Well, I'll, I'll tell you how. Oh, how I know that? I, again, I don't know Vegas. I haven't been out there. Uh, because of COVID in a, in a while, I was coming out once a month for like five years. Now I haven't been out there in a little while, but um, Connecticut just opened up uh, online sports betting. And I am 17 miles from Connecticut, right? That, that's where my house is. So I'm starting to plug into Connecticut so I can see the odds. If you go to FanDuel and you go to Connecticut or I type in New Jersey or I type in Pennsylvania, they all they have it all up there. So you -hmm. could probably get it through FanDuel. I'm just using FanDuel as an example because I know for a fact that FanDuel, they give you the list of where are you, and it's the same odds everywhere.
1: Okay. I will check it out, sir.
0: Yeah, Conor McDavid. Look, they're catching on. Anybody else to get a point in a game, if you're good, like Panarin, is going to be like minus 150 You know, to get a point in a game, minus 200 maybe. Um, Yeah. McDavid started the year at like minus 200 against the Rangers yesterday. Um, minus 475 to score a point. <laughs> <laughs> to score a point. But you know what, Tim? I wrote it. <laughs> it yeah. didn't matter.
1: And that was an unbelievable goal as well.
0: Uh, oh, it's, it's, this guy is just, you know how how much I've been riding him, yo. Know, three years ago, I said this guy is he's gonna be the greatest thing to happen to hockey. He's Mike Trout. He's the best yeah. player in his sport, hands down. The people you could compare him to now are people that are are, are not playing anymore. <laughs> you know? If, if McDavid is continuing to where he it looks to me, there's one guy ahead of him maybe ever, and that's Gretzky. And that's it. That's it. We're, we're talking about a list of, now he's talking about, are you the greatest of all time? Not the greatest of right now, the greatest of all time. Time And I think, look, from what I'm watching, he continues. And somehow or another, he upped his game. He continues like this. Yeah, he's going to be one of the top two ever.
1: The Las Vegas Raiders will be in your neck of the woods on the East Coast to take on the Giants. The Raiders a three-point favorite. I guess the question would be, what's the mo- is there motivation for this team? What's the mental state going to be for the Raiders who you like in this game tomorrow morning?
0: Yeah, it all kind of feeds off of Derek Carr, right? Uh, this is going to be feeding off of him again, and I said that after Gruden, and he stepped up in a massive way. Waller will be back. He should be fed the ball massively tomorrow, but is he 100%? I don't know if we can answer that, and to me, that's why I can't touch this game. Who are their options? This should be a Jacobs-Drake game, right? I mean, that's what this should be, but the Giants do a pretty good job of defending that. They don't do well against tight ends, and— you know you have to still spread the field rugs doesn't have fantastic numbers but rugs was that guy that mentally was like that uh deshaun jackson type um if you remember even vincent jackson back with tampa bay the guy that just kind of spreads the field and then you you have to cover tyreek does the same thing they don't have that now and now you look at the giants and you go the giants have been playing tough over and over Daniel Jones is a massive, massive covering record. I mean, his cover record as an underdog is fantastic. Now, Barkley's not going to play, but they are getting some guys back for this game. looks like Galladay's going to play. It looks like Tony's going to play. They have some weapons. Don't discount the Giants. What you need to do in this game, if you're Derek Carr, is play within yourself. Understand it's a new offense. Don't try to just replace what Ruggs is. Take those short passes. The Giants are missing Blake Martinez in the middle. There's not going to be a middle linebacker that you can count on with New York there. You can take those screen passes, those short passes. Play the tight game. Play the short game. Don't take your shots just because you want to prove that, uh, you know, uh, next man up mentality. No. Just go out there, win a grind it out type of game. I won't take it because I don't know how healthy Waller is. But, Tim, it's one of those games that I, I can absolutely see this going either way. And I think we're going to know a lot about the Raiders with this win or this loss. With this win, there's no more, well, you know what, they got off to a hot start. No, with this win, they are now a playoff team and a a team that is looking at that division and could be a stranglehold in that division if they win. If they lose, you're going to start hearing the, okay, here it comes, right? Here, Here comes the losses. They weren't that good
1: this is a, about the time last year when when the season collapsed for the Raiders so and the year before it's, it's a very yeah it's a very interesting game and I liked the Giants initially especially coming off that Monday night game against Kansas City but I just don't think there's enough points there for me to risk betting on them
0: no not at all uh, the Giants are also still dealing with the loss of Saquon Barkley that just hurts your team you know it hurts your mentality it, To count on Daniel Jones to be the guy, that's a worry. Mm -hmm.
1: Division matchup, Atlanta and New Orleans to take on the Saints. The Saints are a six-point favorite tomorrow morning. So no Winston. Taysom Hill now the, the official starting quarterback, right, with Winston out for the year. And Atlanta, so you're getting some points here with Atlanta. Matt Ryan, terrible start to the season, has looked great since then. Interesting. This is going to be an interesting game, Tom. I, I kind of like New Orleans, though. Even though the quarterback situation uh, has changed, I think Hill brings a certain dynamic to that offense. And now that it's especially penciled in that way, I think maybe Peyton will be able to to make it work.
0: Yeah. Look, Hill's going to play, but he's not starting because Trevor Simeon's going to start. And Hill, they're not going to be able to use him in the right packages because they're afraid if he gets hurt, and there's no backup quarterback. Alvin Kamara is number three on the depth chart. So this is a weird situation that you're entering. Hill should be the starter. We thought he was going to be. They announced Travis Simeon's going to be the starter. Um, but is he good enough to take on and, and win this game? Yeah, he looked good in spurts. I don't think that they have the weapons, though, Tim. You know, I mean, are Callaway and Harris really shocking you? When I look at this Saints team, it's all on defense, and their defense has been fantastic. They don't have to cover a Calvin Ridley in this game. It's going to be, you know, kind of blanket pits, keep an eye on Cordell Patterson and that's it. But Matt Ryan has been playing really well. The six points is an interesting number because uh, I think Atlanta has a shot to win this game. It is Trevor Simeon, but I'm shocked that it's almost a full touchdown in a game that Trevor Simeon is starting.
1: I'm glad you updated me on that. I was not aware of, of Simeon going and that changes my, my view a little bit. I, I think you're right though. You know, it, Six is probably a little too much in the fact that the Ridley loss with Atlanta really makes it harder for a guy like Pitts to, to have a breakout game just because the options have dwindled down, you know. And it, it's it's crazy This the season that the, the Falcons have had. I don't know. You know, it changes my opinion dramatically on this game. Actually, Tom, it's a stay off now for me.
0: Yeah, it's got to be. And I was the same way. One of my... One of my leagues, we have uh, a two-quarterback league. You're in it with me, you know. And you get to throw a guy in back. I say, oh, man, I'm getting Taysom Hill. Yeah, he could be the mm-hmm. starter. No problem. And he said, no, he's not going to start. <laughs> Wait <laughs> a minute. Wait a minute. This guy potentially was going to start over Winston, and now you're starting – he's going to be a backup to Trevor Simeon? Are we kidding?
1: Maybe it's a decoy by Mr. Payton, Tom. You never know with that guy. Yeah. Green, uh, actually, Chargers in Philadelphia. The line has dropped it. We opened at three. We're down to one and a half for the Chargers, who just not have looked right in the last three weeks.
0: Uh, You know, I, I don't understand this line. I don't understand where the money's going, Tim. I don't understand anything about this. The Eagles are garbage. Jalen Hurts is looking over his shoulder and looking at Gardner Minshew, and there is conversation that Gardner Minshew might take this job. The back running backs are Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell. Their receivers, Devontae Smith, he's getting open all day. They're just not getting him the ball. Jalen Rieger is out of this game. Listen to the names that I'm telling you. This is a horrible, horrible team. Right? Their, their head coach, they're talking about running him out of town already. He's 0-3 at home. Their defense is, is just shambles in the back end. And here come the Chargers. The Chargers haven't looked great. No, I'm not going to say that they did And They looked re, pretty terrible against the, the Ravens. Sure, okay. You still have Justin Herbert. You still have Eckler. You still have Allen. You still have Bosa. You still have James. You still have Massive talent. Look, I look at this game and I go, do you want a quarterback advantage? Is there a bigger quarterback advantage than Herbert against uh, against Hurts? Do you want a running back advantage? I'm not sure there's a bigger running back advantage in the league than Eckler against Boston Scott. I'm not sure that we're going to find a bigger advantage of defense with Bosa and James against what they're going against. And coaching? Look, I know he hasn't looked good recently, but I'll take Brandon Staley over to Sirianni any day of the week. So, why is this number going there? I don't know, Tim. I'm not sure why the numbers. So, I would feel better about this game if the Chargers were a six point favorite. I'd feel better about it. It doesn't make any sense to me. They have a massive quarterback advantage, massive head coaching advantage, massive running game advantage, mashing, massive wide receiver advantage. The offense is better, the defense is better, the special teams is better. What is better for Philly? I don't, I just, I can't even make an argument for Philly, Tim.
1: My only, This is my only train of thought, and it probably doesn't hold much water, but maybe just that the Chargers haven't looked well at all the last few games, and Philly's, it's an overreaction. Philly coming off a huge game against Detroit, and I know it's the Lions, Tom, but still it was a, a dominating performance, but I'm with you. I just can't see. Essentially what you're saying is that the Eagles win this football game at home You know, based on the point spread, and I just don't see it either. Yeah, I mean that—that's the thing. The spread is the only thing that's scaring me here. It really is. And you
0: really—you turn around, Tim, and you go, um, "It's not even a one o'clock game. How did that happen? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not even an East Coast early game. Like, how did? What is going on? And the, by the way, that <laughs> fallacy has been gone. It just does This—this this doesn't make any sense to me at all. If, again, did we just forget that Justin Herbert's talented? Is, is Justin Herbert now not talented because he lost to? The Baltimore Ravens, who are, are, are you know a playoff team and maybe going to the Super Bowl, and then he lost to Bill Belichick. I mean, is is all of a sudden Justin Herbert's garbage? He's terrible because Jalen Hurts in the Philadelphia media, Jalen Hurts is already gone, and there are rumblings within people that know the team that is saying Gardner Minshew will play this year because that's how much they lost in, in Hurts. Gardner Minshew.
1: we we'll have to let it play out, Tom. I'm with you, though. I, I like the Chargers tomorrow, and point spread is scary, so probably no straights for me, but you know they'll be on a couple parlay action for me, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'm
0: I'm in one of those leagues, Tim, where, I, you know, you pick every game every week, and it was one of my easier picks this week. That doesn't mean I'm giving it away and, and you know, loading up on it, but I just can't make a compelling—I usually try to make you know, some compelling arguments for the show. can't make a compelling argument for the Eagles.
1: So tomorrow we're going to have a Aaron Rodgers segment to, so you can tell us how you feel about the liar that he is. But as far as the game tomorrow, he's not playing. Jordan Love will make the, the start for the Packers at Kansas City and the Chiefs' touchdown favorite in this one, Tom.
0: Yeah, can't wait to watch this one. I want to see what uh, Jordan Love is all about. Uh, look, this should be an A.J. Dillon who's been playing really well an Aaron Jones game. This needs to be run, run, run. And I saw everybody jump on the Chiefs and people going crazy now for the Chiefs. Let me tell you something. If Aaron Jones and Dylan do control the game, which they certainly can against that bad Chiefs defense, it wouldn't shock me to see Green Bay win at all. Kansas City is broken. Kansas City is a mess. Let's just get down to it. It's because Patrick Mahomes is acting like Patrick Mahomes right now. Enough with the no-look passes. We don't need the jump passes. We don't need behind the back. How about just be a quarterback, right? Patrick Mahomes is the reason. Don't tell me he's not travis Kelsey's body language out there. Did you see that? I've never seen a player like that. Just he looked defeated. Kyrie Hill's rolling his eyes. Why? Because my quarterback's jumping up in the air like Michael Jordan and throwing interceptions into the end zone. He looked terrible. And Patrick Mahomes is the the most talented quarterback maybe ever. But like we've said about the other guy, Aaron Rodgers is massively talented. Talent alone doesn't get you wins. It wouldn't shock me at all if Green Bay wins this game. I have no confidence in George Love, but I just see how bad the Kansas City run defense is, and I think if they just go with a running game, this game might be one of those type of games that just frustrates Kansas City.
1: NFC West, Arizona 7-1 against or against the 49ers at Frisco 3-4. and 4. San Francisco looks like they are... are uh... Beginning to be healthy, Tommy, and the line may reflect that as the Niners are a three-point favorite against the 7-1 and one Cardinals.
0: I can't even give an analysis of this game because I'm hearing Kyler Murray will start, but he shouldn't start. According to the doctors, Hopkins might play, but uh, we don't know if he's going to be 100% playing out there. They said James Conner was banged up this week in in camp, and Eliza Mitchell might now not play. So they they went out and they activated Jeff Wilson early, and he shouldn't be activated early. George Kittle will suit up, and they're saying he might be on a pitch count. Tim, I can't even comment on this game. Look, everybody healthy, I'm taking the Cardinals. But right now, it doesn't look like anybody's healthy, and it wouldn't shock me to see San Francisco win.
1: And the Sunday nighter. This one lost a little luster with the injury to Derrick Henry out. So this line went Rams 4. Now it's Rams 7, Tom. The Rams 7-1. and one, The Titans 6-2. and two. But like I said, uh, the game loses a little bit of luster with the injury to Derrick Henry.
0: Yeah, Henry's out. Jones is banged up. Um, Brown is going to be covered by Ramsey. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, well, what are we doing, right? Um, you know, you look at this game and you just go... Uh, yeah, look, uh, this is lost a lot of luster. Rams should win, um, but the Rams haven't beaten anybody, right? Rams haven't beaten up on garbage teams. The line should not be entering double digits here. I think that Tennessee probably plays close with them, and I think McNichols could be a decent player. And listen, AP probably has a little bit left on those legs.
1: And of course, tomorrow night we'll go over the Monday Nighter where your Bears will play Pittsburgh, but. We've come to that time in the show, 11 and 5 through eight weeks of the NFL. And tonight, Tom, we're going to lay out two more winners for everybody. Let's give the listeners of Heatwave Sports a free winner for Tom Barton.
0: Well, listen, you know, I've gone back and forth because I like three games tomorrow. I, I, I'm pretty into three games. And my, I will tell you, full disclosure, I am all over the under for the New England Patriots game. But I got it at 46 and a half. It's down to 41, Tim. So I I can't give that out because there's a massive five-point swing. I don't want to do that to the listeners, right? So I'm going to sit back and I'm going to take the team that I just talked about. I just don't understand it. I have no idea how the the Chargers could possibly lose this game, okay? I I think Philly is trash. I think they're absolute garbage. I think Jalen Hurts should be benched. He's not a... I think... Their head coach should be fired. Their their starting quarterback should be benched. Their backup running back shouldn't be in the league. I mean, it, this team is, is a garbage— Maybe that's a little harsh for Boston Scott. But this is a garbage team. They should get absolutely run out of the building. The only thing that scares me away is the point spread. But I've always been told everybody, right? I don't let point spread scare me away. So I'll give you the Chargers.
1: So we'll go Chargers one and a half. Sounds good. What So— so, what stops Tom Barton from backing the Brinkstruck up? Is this because you, the line is too funny for you? Well, yeah, and it is a
0: road game. You know, I mm-hmm. you will almost never find me backing the Brinkstruck up on a road game. You know, so, and, you know, the free plays that I give out there's it's not going to be my most powerful play. Uh, so, you know, this is one of those games where. I just can't. I can't make an argument for Philly, um, but I'm not going to go. Yeah, I'm not traveling to uh, Atlantic City to you know, with twenty, thirty thousand dollars to drop on this game, with it being a road game, and it being in a situation like you said. Look, New, the, the the New England Patriots are one thing, but it's been a continuous couple of weeks here before the Chargers haven't looked good, right? And teams just get into that trend of not looking good, and all of a sudden you go, okay. Are we that good? And they start doubting themselves. So there there are very, very, very thin reasons to not like this game.
1: For the Timmy teaser, 7-1 on the season last week. We won with Buffalo, and we survived. Tom, here we go with perfect example of that teaser. We survived with the Chiefs on Monday Night Football. Two and a half was the number. They win by three. So that that's what – and by all means, could have lost that game. That's why it is tough. So this week, we're going to go – I'm gonna go back with the Bills again, Tom. I'm with you all over. They should win that game against Jacksonville convincingly. It sits at 14 and a half. We'll move it seven to seven and a half. I think that shouldn't be an issue in that football game. They're they're gonna win. I think they win by more than a touchdown. And the second game, I'm I'm actually gonna I'm gonna jump on the back end of that double digit game in Dallas. Except for I'm gonna take the Broncos, Tom. I'm gonna to add seven to the ten. Give me 17 with the Broncos in that one. And that's a game. Where I know Tim, a lot I of think you get
0: 18 with that. That's 11 now across the board.
1: I'm gonna take the 18 then, Pl- plus 18 Broncos, minus seven and a half with the Bills. That's the teaser, and Tom, I think that is a teaser game that most people are betting Dallas, not Denver. Yeah, I, I do too. I was gonna when you said that, I thought you were gonna go three game teaser, get Dallas and zero.
0: That's what a lot of people are doing, and yet it's 11. Well, I said it was 11 across the board. I know that it's circuit's still 10, um, but but it, it, it's 11. You take. We'll get how,
1: how about we split the difference say 17 and a half Tim. works for me but but these are example of games. you know when you're looking at teasers a lot of guys bet the ten to three they bet the seven to one to zero the the, the eight to one you know th- those are where you get in trouble because look the the you know we don't have time to discuss the system of the, the where the point spread sets but you know tens not exactly a for sure number and that's the problem
0: yeah, actually, you know, if you look at statistically, five is the number. Five is the number you. You weirdly that is that key number, and you never. Here's a teaser uh, option for you that I know you're the teaser king, Tim, but you know it. The teaser rule for you, I should say, never cross the zero. <laughs> right. Right. Get, yeah. you, get
1: you in trouble, man.
0: Yeah, you never. You never going from minus three to plus three. Ah, oh, that's that's just gross. <laughs>
1: Well, Tommy, let everybody know about the website, of course, and and the podcast. I know you have a new episode loaded and ready.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, podcast is up there. It's wagering week, guys, wagering week. And go check out TomBartonSports.com. Look, I am about 500 in the NFL. but. I'm still winning everywhere else. I am actually undefeated in the NBA to start the season. Not a lot of games, but hey, look, it's money. I'm already crushing the NHL like I did last two years. Last year, 74% in the NHL. So I'm still winning money. And you know what? I, I have three plays up there for tomorrow. I'm feeling real good about the NFL tomorrow. This is what I, I felt real good for the first time. in a a couple of weeks here. So I think I got that going down. You get it all. You get everything. Plus, you're going to get all of my college basketball that I've already been working on. And I'm going to ask you guys to do one more thing. Go check out my YouTube channel. I'm trying this YouTube thing, guys. It's Tom Barton Sports. Not only go and watch those videos on all the conference previews, just subscribe. If you click subscribe, that's all it does. That's all I'm asking you to do. If you listen to my voice, just hit subscribe. I'm not even asking you for any money. All right, guys. Thank (laughs) you, man. Uh, Tim, I got a lot of stuff to promote here.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're going to get you there. We're going to get you there, buddy. We'll, we'll be back tomorrow night as we recap week nine of the National Football League. We're going to spend a little time talking about Aaron Rodgers, of course. and Plenty going on, as well as the NCAA basketball preview. All that tomorrow night on the Sunday night edition of Heat Wave Sports. For Tom Barton, for Brian, Tim Mungles, we have a great sports Sunday. Until tomorrow night at 10 o'clock, it's Heat Wave Sports. Only on Fox Sports Radio. Have a good night.